You're listening to a podcast, the Ellie Castro Show. I am Ellie Castro. I'm Emeline Ramos. And I'm Sandra Rivera. Now, Emeline was on the news this week, and she was talking about flu shots. What was the interview about? The interview was just about um, whether people should get their flu vaccine for children, like at pharmacies or minute clinics versus their pediatrician pediatrician's office. So what's your general advice about flu shots? Uh, being a pediatrician, for example. So my general advice is that I feel like all children should get their flu vaccine. Uh, the recommendation is that kids after the age of six months should get the vaccine each year. Um, and I think that you should get it at your pediatrician's office. Like I said at the interview, a lot of these minute clinics and pharmacies don't have the appropriate vaccine for kids. And the state of Florida doesn't allow pharmacists to give vaccines to kids under the age of 18. Uh, Sandra, when it came to our son, uh, did we uh, make sure that he got flu shots? That's a negative. Okay, that was also a very short answer. So, uh, yes, doctor. I cannot believe that I am sitting here with you too and that Alexi did not get his flu vaccine. Okay, now I will say for the record that I uh, left that strictly to uh, Sandra as the mother. Um, she was in charge of all uh, vaccinations and flu shots and medical visits. I was there simply to uh, to cuddle with him afterwards and to make him feel better. That was my role. But Sandra's role was strictly to make sure that he got all the appropriate shots. I am not engaged to a pediatrician. I just want to put that out there. I'm kind of indifferent to the whole flu shot. So you have the opportunity to take him. I'm not going to oppose it. I'm not going to fight you on it. Okay. But I was just <laughs> talking about like when he was younger. Okay. When he was younger, uh, I'm sure uh, Emily would have suggested that he should have been getting the flu shot all along. I'm just wondering why you didn't step up as the mom and make sure that he got flu shots. Okay. So for a long time, I was told that if your child had an egg allergy, that you shouldn't get the flu shot. And I was concerned about him having an egg allergy. I have since learned that that is no longer a, an issue, a concern. I like how you called it an issue or a concern. I thought you were going to say, I have since learned that that was all uh, BS and I was ill-informed. Okay, so does Alexi have an egg allergy? I have no idea because he refuses to eat eggs. But the last time he ate eggs, he broke out in hives. So I just kind of made that assumption and didn't want to take a chance. Yeah, we also learned that he breaks out in hives anytime he uh, tries anything uh, out of his very strict diet of bread, uh, cheese, and a combination of the two, which is pizza. I just, seriously, I just really don't know what to say right now because I advocate for flu vaccines so hard. And the two people... In this room, don't get flu shots and don't give the flu shot to their child. So I really am like mm, disappointed um, because you guys should be getting the flu shot. The flu is dangerous and you know that. Ellie, you support me all the time and going on TV, advocating for our kids to get the flu vaccine and you don't get the shot and you don't give it to Alexi. Okay, before this turns into uh, couples counseling, uh, I just want to say in my defense that I thought Sandra was handling it. I didn't know that Sandra was going into the doctor's office with the wrong kind of information about egg allergies, okay? Now, about me, I don't get flu shots. I don't know why, okay? <laughs> I really, I wish I had a reason, but I just don't know why. Sandra? Ditto. <laughs> I don't know why I won't get it. 
but I, I need to be I, I need to be informed on whether I was wrong about the whole egg allergy. That's what I had been told. So if I'm wrong, I will admit that I'm wrong. Could you let go of the whole <laughs> egg allergy thing? Because he's not even allergic to eggs. Okay, who cares? All right, typical lawyer. She's like, okay, whatever. I may be wrong, but I want to argue about something that I may be right about. Okay, so Alexi loves sweets, correct? Yes. Lots of sweets are made with eggs, and he's never broken out with having eaten sweets, correct? Um, he, he, yes, yes. Why does it feel like I'm on the stand right now being cross-examined by a doctor? Uh, I'd like to take the fifth, please, and, and speak with my lawyer. So not all the flu vaccines are made with egg, and it is safe for kids and adults who have an egg allergy to get the flu vaccine because it depends on what kind of reaction they had to the egg. Obviously, if it was like an anaphylactic, like difficulty breathing, you know, anything like that, then they are recommending that maybe not, but if the person chooses to, they should do it in their doctor's clinic or in an ER or a hospital kind of setting so they can be monitored. But someone that just had hives or like an upset tummy from the egg can get the flu vaccine. There you go. Is that uh, does that answer your question, Sandra? That is sufficient. Yes. But it's like useless because I know you guys aren't going to give him the flu shot. And I know you guys aren't going to get the flu shot. And yes, everybody, I did get my flu shot this year. I get a flu shot every year because I deal with kids every day. All I can say to that, honestly, is... You know, good for you. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I don't know. Besides feeling like a horrible person and parent, I'm just, I'm proud of you. Okay. Good for you for getting the flu shot. Okay. I'm all for it. I encourage it. Just don't bring the needle over here. I'm all good. It's all good. It's all good. I feel like such a hypocritical person right now. My stepson does not get the flu shot. His parents don't give him the flu shot. And I advocate this for everyone. Okay, you know, you can get mostly everyone, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I mean, at this point, I'm like praying that Alexi doesn't get the flu, right? Because then I'm never going to hear the end of it, okay? I just want to say that the last time Alexi had to go get shots, it required us to leave, come back with him, bribe him with smoothies and whatnot. So I'm not opposed to getting him the flu shot. I've seen enough horror stories to know that he should probably get it. But I just want to put out there for the record that probably going to be some form of child abuse taking him to get the flu shot. I like how Sandra is resorting um, <laughs> to to the excuse of it would take too much work as a parent. <laughs> it would it, it, it would cost it would cost me too much. It would stress me so out too much. It's not worth it. I'd rather have him take the chance of getting the flu than have as a mother to have to endure the difficulty of getting him to sit for the shot. Now, I posted uh, Emmeline's interview on Facebook and I, I told people that she had talked about the flu shot. And of course, um, a lot of people started commenting, right? So I figured, let me let me read to you some of these comments and see what you think, okay? Here we go. Marie said, flu shot, okay, all jokes aside, it is my understanding that folks with autoimmune illnesses should not get it. Systemic sclerosis, to be exact. Oh, y dile la novia, que my husband made it to 40 years old with no repair to tetralogy of phallet with pulmonary atresia. 
I'm happy to give her any info. Doctors talk to doctors. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, so there are some conditions. Um, Guillain-Barre syndrome, we try to stay away from giving um, the flu vaccine to those uh, people. Um, good for your husband for surviving 40 years with Tetralogy of Fallot. But I don't see what the case for not getting the flu shot for that. I mean, he should have gotten the flu shot. You should get the flu shot. I'm looking at you, Ellie. You should get the flu shot. We should all be getting the flu shot. How did you manage to bring that back around to me? I'm talking about the Facebook comments. All right, next one from Rosie. She goes, never in my life have I gotten one. Then Lou Marie comments. She goes, yeah, me either. And I never will. Just a virus that's put in you to avoid another virus makes no sense. Laughing teary-eyed emoji, laughing teary-eyed emoji. And then Rosie comes back and says, exactly. And then she adds, I'm never getting one either. It's just that people are not going to like me if I have to really respond how I truly want. I mean, first of all, giving you a virus to give you another virus, that really does not make any sense because it's just one virus. It's yeah. the flu virus. Yeah, but you. But then it's to avoid the flu virus. These vaccines are not live. This is not a live virus that we are injecting into people. It is just particles of the virus. Like it's not a live virus. So your body then sees that there's something foreign in it and it starts to make antibodies against it so that when you do get the virus, you have the whereabouts inside of you to fight it off. Typical of a doctor to talk about when you get the virus. Oh, Thanks for your optimism, doctor, okay? I thought it was if you get the virus. Yeah, yeah, it's already when. Sorry, if and when you get the virus. Yeah, it's too late. Yeah, it's too late. <laughs> so let me understand. I want to make sure I understand. It doesn't give you the virus. It just means that if you end up getting the virus, your body is able to fight it off better, but it doesn't guarantee that you won't get it. Correct. Getting the flu shot does not mean that it, you're not going to get the flu. I see tons of cases every year of children that have been given the flu vaccine and still ended up getting the flu. Obviously, that's not what we want, right? We want we want you to not get the flu if you get the flu vaccine. But sometimes it's inevitable and sometimes your immune system doesn't work as well as it maybe could have. Or let's just say you got the flu vaccine and you were exposed to someone within a close period of time that had the flu. So your body's still trying to fight, you know, your body's still trying to build up its immunity against it. So it is still susceptible. But essentially, yes. So we're not introducing the flu virus into your body. The vaccine is not live. It's just priming your immune system so that if and when it does see the virus, it is able to fight it off with the appropriate antibodies. So if like you were allergic to eggs, you would inject me with like pieces of egg <laughs> so that when I ate egg, the egg wouldn't affect me as much? So yeah, that's actually what they do in allergy clinics is that they expose you to the egg to see how bad you respond. Bit there, and I didn't have to go to med school for that. Uh, Iris says, the people I know that got the flu shot are the ones always sick with colds. I pass. Okay, Iris. A cold is not the same thing as the flu virus. There are tons of viruses that cause colds, but none of those viruses cause the flu. Influenza is a separate virus. So you're you're talking about oranges and apples here. They're two different things. Well, it's interesting because uh, Carmen then responds to her and says, Iris, uh, that can be a side effect, but can also help save your life. I lost my best friend due to the flu. 
She waited too long to go to the doctor. We all have our opinions and that is okay. So please, yes, please get your vaccine because the CDC is recommending that people get the flu vaccine before the end of October this year. They are predicting that it is going to be a really um, rough flu season for us this year. So we just want to make sure that you're protected because we know that each year, unfortunately, people do pass away from the flu. Um, not specifically the flu, but its complications, which typically include pneumonia. So, you know, for our elderly, for our young that have a decreased immune system. For people who have no reasons not to get the flu shot, yeah. they should also be encouraged. Right. And you know what's really sad is that even after this interview, we're not going to get the flu shot. I know. You understand what I'm saying? That's what's so pathetic. Sandra and I are still not going to get the flu shot. You guys are looking at each other, looking at me like, no, we're not getting the flu shot. Like, I'm looking at you like, I feel bad that after all you said in person and, and on TV, we're still not getting the flu shot. I will get it for Alexi. We can compromise on that. Yes. And then after Emily gives Alexi the flu shot, she's going to look at us and go, who's next? <laughs> and we're going to be like, we got to go. You know, I have to point out that although this is not the first time that Sandra's been in the podcast, this is the first time that you've been in the podcast along with Emily, right? So, I mean, technically, my ex-wife, right, Sandra, uh, is in the podcast with my uh, current fiancé, my soon-to-be new wife, uh, <laughs> which is which is pretty cool, right? It's a little crazy, right? I just make sure you, you two don't spend too much time together <laughs> because there's certain things that I want to keep from one another, uh, but... Uh, it's interesting because I had you in this podcast because you've been researching and looking into recently getting a tummy tuck. Yep, that is correct. Wow. You know, um, when we talked, you had so much to say about it. And now that I ask, you're being short with your words. We're not talking about the flu shot anymore. Uh, feel free to speak. I just want to let you know that I'm really proud of you for like talking about this, for being open with about it. Technically, uh, she's not being open about it and she's not talking about it. Um, but but I understand what you're trying to say. But this is really cool. And I want to hear what you've researched and what is out there. You want to hear because you're thinking about getting hey, a tummy tuck? Hey, I know never said I was going under the knife. But I would support you. You know, I would I'm very supportive. Okay. Just like I was about your flu shot. Yes. So, okay. So I have been doing some research and um, it's not for any weight loss reason, anything, you know, body image. It's because as many of you know, who, or many of you women know who have had babies, um, sometimes that does a number on your abdominal muscles. And so there's a condition called recti diastasis or diastasis recti one of those i'm not sure which uh, order it goes in where it's a separation of your abdominal muscles from the stretching that occurs when you carry a baby and typically it doesn't go back to the way it was before you know pre-baby and the only way to really get it back to pre-baby condition is by doing a tummy tuck uh so that is a condition i'm having to deal with it resulted in a lot of excess skin stretched skin so even though you know, it doesn't look like I need a tummy tuck when you see me out. Um, you can tell that there's some excess skin there that I'm just not comfortable with. And even though I'm not a model and I need to, you know, be showing it everywhere, it's more of a self-confidence type of thing that you want to fix and have it look. And I know it's something that you've been talking about now for um, how old is the boy? Uh, almost 13 years. Uh, <laughs> so I know that it's something that you that you feel very passionate about. 
and and you and you go on Pinterest too, and you look at women who have undergone uh, a tummy tuck, and it is uh, not a simple procedure. It has quite a, a recovery time, doesn't it? Yeah, by no means is this a uh, quick and easy procedure. I've researched Pinterest, I've researched you know Google, I've talked to friends who have had the same procedure, looked at their pictures, um, and it's a pretty significant surgery. It requires um, a good three weeks of downtime to to recover, and then probably a year before you start to feel completely normal again. So Sandra had an appointment with a surgeon and she mentioned something interesting to me. She said, you know, I'm, I'm going in to, to know more about uh, the procedure. I, I'm also going in to find out about the cost. But I'm, I guess I'm kind of hoping that the doctor looks at me and goes, what? You don't need surgery. You just need to work out a little bit more. It's fine. You look great. But I know that probably many other women just like yourself try to work out and you work out and you work out and you work on your abs and you try to watch what you eat. And regardless of what you do, you're just never fully satisfied. It just never goes away the way you want it to be, right? You understand, though, that what Sandra was hoping for was that the doctor would flirt with her. You know what I mean? <laughs> she wanted the doctor to be like, oh, my Oh my God, Sandra, what are you talking about? I don't, I'm not going to do no tummy tuck. Look at you. You look amazing. Oh my God, I would never touch an inch of that skin. You look you look incredible. That is not true. What I want, what I felt was maybe this is overkill for what I'm trying to achieve because I've seen other before and after pictures that were very obviously in need of a tummy tuck. I thought maybe this is overkill. Maybe somebody will tell me this is overkill and I don't have to worry about slicing my stomach up. You were kind of hoping to walk in there and be like, doctor, I don't really need a tummy tuck, right? I mean, I, I mean, you've seen bad tummies, right? This is a good tummy. Let me show you. Okay. So then what did the doctor tell you? Um, so he said, yes, this is how we would perform the tummy tuck procedure on you. <laughs> so he looked at you and went, yeah, yeah, you're a good candidate for a tummy tuck. And you were like, Oh, okay. That didn't really go as I planned. Yeah, so I work out pretty religiously and I do a lot of ab work and it just is not working. So if anything, what the, the hope that he did give me is that he said I probably didn't have enough excess skin to just make a lateral incision. He'd have to go the extra step and make a T incision to create enough to seal it up. Yeah, Um uh, he would have lost me as soon as he said, I am not able to make a lateral incision. I am going to make a, that's when I would have been like, uh, see you later, doctor. I'll grab my brochure on my way out. I don't like this T incision thing to create the excess skin. Just seems like uh, too much. It was complimentary. Okay. So did he tell you about the cost? Uh, well, he had me uh, go into another room with his finance lady who was dressed to the nines. Okay, that's when you, that's when you know you're about to endure a sales pitch. You know what I mean? You might as well, you know, sign up for timeshare. Exactly. So she brought out the paper. She told me the price. Then she said, and we give you this discount, so the price will be this, which it wasn't a discount. It wasn't conditioned on anything. Okay, so what are we talking about? Just a round number. A total for everything would be about 8900 Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for rounding it up. Okay. Because <laughs> 9000 would have been unreasonable. Really? <laughs> really, lawyer? Really, lawyer? It was $89.75. Uh, okay. So 8900 obviously is a lot of money. It is. Yes. So, so uh, mm -hmm. were they expecting you to like sign up right there? And was he taking out his instruments? No, I told her I had to talk to my husband. What? <laughs> 
but then I realized when I left the office that, that you I weren't had, married. No, that I filled out the application and I said no spouse. Okay. <laughs> it was the first thing that came out of my mouth. You, yeah, you were like, I need to talk to my husband. That doesn't exist. Excuse me, uh, and please uh, disregard the answer. <laughs> my, my marital status on the on the intake form. So nine thousand, huh? That's really not that bad when you think about it. Because I thought it was going to be more money. Because you have to think about like anesthesia. You know, all these doctor fees. So I'm like, I'm hearing you guys say like 8900 I'm like, do it. Go for it. Leave it to a doctor <laughs> uh, to defend another doctor's fee. Like, yeah, that's actually pretty cheap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, doctors don't charge excessive fees. No, that's reasonable. <laughs> well, in all fairness, I had done so much research that I pretty much knew what I was getting into. So even though I knew that it was going to be around that range, it's still, you know, how am I going to come up with that money? Well, and for women in this situation that can't afford that money, what's the alternative? Well, uh, there are a lot of people who are electing to do these procedures in foreign countries and specifically in Colombia, which has a really good reputation for plastic surgery. So I did a little research because it's pretty easy on Google when you put tummy tuck. Uh, <laughs> Colombia pretty much jumps out, right? <laughs> so I looked it up and it's like half. I saw it like range like from 4000 to like 4800 Well, what you have to remember, though, is that's the cost of the procedure. That doesn't include the cost of where you stay for recovery. If you're coming in from another country, you got to stay somewhere while you're recovering. Yeah, but in, in Colombia, that's like $3 a night. <laughs> I don't want to stay anywhere that's $3 a night. I feel like a lot of these places that do it, like in these other countries, probably have like a facility where they house all their women that come from the states to get these things done. So it's not like you really have to find a place to stay because they provide the facility. They usually provide the care for you afterwards, like someone to take care of you and to help you with the recovery. Yeah, but I figure like in Colombia, it'd be like an Airbnb type of situation. Like you'd stay with like the doctor's aunt, you know. I know I sound a little Mexican, but... I, <laughs> I, I have to freshen up on my narcos to get my <laughs> Colombian dialect. Soy el fuego que arde tu piel. Soy el agua que mata tu no, nothing could be further from the truth. If you go to a reputable facility, they do have places that they take you, whether it's a hotel type environment or a recovery facility, and they have round the clock care for you. So it's not that it, they don't offer good uh, options for your recovery. It's just, are you able to be away from home for that extended period of time? Okay, so let's say that the total price in Colombia, including everything, right? The, the procedure and the recovery is 5000 okay? Compared to the 8900 uh here. Would you do it? I, that's, I haven't gotten to that point yet. I got, you got to remember, I'm a solo practitioner. I have to still run a business and being away from the office, being away from home, from Alexi for that extended period of time, that takes a toll. All of that has to, has a price on it. It has to be factored into it. Okay. But what if, um, you knew that your business could absorb it? the boy would be taken well care of and you had the money. Would you do it? Again, I keep coming back to, I can't sue anybody in Colombia. I can't get that out of my head. Okay, leave it to a lawyer <laughs> to look beyond the procedure uh, and assume that something's gonna go wrong yeah. <laughs> and then look uh, for like legal remedies. I was like, wait, who's she gonna sue? Wait, she thinks something's gonna go wrong on the procedure? 
And she wants to be able to sue them, but she can't. Yeah, she's like, okay, but what happens after I get the tummy tuck and I realize that I, you know, that they left a sponge inside? Because in <laughs> Colombia, they like to leave sponges and tools inside of people's bodies. I am terrified of being under anesthesia. That's it. I'm terrified of it. I understand that. But I just thought that the lower price would be so enticing that you wouldn't be able to resist. Right. I mean, at the very least, why can't you go back to that same doctor or the lady that was dressed to the nines and be like, um, you know that in Colombia, I could get the same thing for half off. So can you give me a little discount? I don't think he's hurting for any money. He doesn't need my money. Ma, what do you think about that? Should people like come back? Because they would do that when we were lawyers, right? They would come back and go, hey, the guy down the street is willing to take my case for, you know, half the price. You know, can you lower your price? Would that work with you? Well, I'm sure there, I'm sure there are women that do that all the time. Um, I mean, I'm sure there are women that get second, third opinions here in the States and try to compare prices. And I'm sure that these surgeons have heard of women that come and tell them, hey, listen, if I go to Colombia, it's this price. And the doctors are probably going to tell you, yeah, but they don't have the reputation that we have or they, you're, they're not going to guarantee this or, you know, you're, it's not FDA approved or blah. You know, they're, they're going to have a comeback for you because obviously they want you to stay in the States and do it with them because they, they want the money, obviously. But even in the States, something could go horribly wrong, right? I mean, look at Jose. Right. Jose, you know, they fixed one thing and they messed up another. Right. So so they removed uh, like uh, the kidney. Right. To cure his cancer. And then he got a hernia. So now he's laid up. Right. And he's all patched up. They took the bandages off. And you know what happened? He discovered this. Check it out. Yo, I just got back from the doctor's office. I have no belly button now. What? Even you see what I'm saying? You see why I don't want to go under anesthesia? Yeah, there you go. There you go. So so now Jose has no belly button and, and he didn't go to Colombia for that. That happened here. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. He's no, gotta let us see it. No, wait a minute, doctor. How is it possible for a human being not to have a belly button? Okay, so I don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't perform the surgery. I don't know what exactly Jose's talking about. Maybe, you know, the way they had to close the incision because I'm assuming that they probably did this laparoscopically. So they have to go through your belly button area and then they have to close it up. So maybe when they closed it up, they did it a little too tight or they because Jose probably has excess skin in that area, too. And they probably did a little, you know, folding of skin and made it a little too tight and. Maybe he doesn't have a hole there anymore. Leave it to a doctor to find uh, possible excuses or reasons uh, for the error. Uh, but leave it to the lawyer in Sandra to already be thinking about the pending lawsuit. Yeah, exactly. And the uh, emotional distress of no longer having a belly button. And I'd want to know, was this discussed? Was this in the risk? Was Did anybody talk to him about this? Is this going to create any kind of image issues? And is there, is there recoverable image damages? Image issues, of of course it's going to create image issues. Are you kidding me? I would never leave the house. <laughs> I'd be like, oh my God, what if I accidentally like raise my arms and, and my shirt rises above the belly? There is no belly button. That's the thing. It would throw me off. <laughs> I can't hit. I can't deal with you lawyer people. <laughs> And that was a podcast, The Ellie Castro Show. I am Ellie Castro. I'm Emeline Ramos. And I'm Sandra Rivera. For more information on my show, Mi Gente, you can go to elliecastro.com and you can follow me on social media under Ellie Castro Comedy. Remember, Mi Gente, life is so much better when you're laughing. Hasta la próxima. Bye. See ya. I 
belly button now. I have no belly button now. I have no belly button now.